James? Jamie, did you watch uh, Scream Queen yet? No, no, I have not. All right, cool. Just get off the call, and we'll see you later. <laughs> you said exactly what I was just going to say. <laughs> uh, I, I keep going to put it on. I'm like, I'm going to sleep if I put this on. I don't want to fall asleep to it. Yeah. I will. Anything like, I've been putting on lately has just been fall asleep fodder. Hey, James, um, yeah. maybe jump off your Wi-Fi because you're, you're real, you're chunky. <laughs> yeah, let me get off that Wi-Fi. <laughs> that always fucks me up. Chunky. You got a chunky connection going. Uh, oh, God. Your, your voice is doing the truffle shuffle. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Yeah, hold on while I do some squats. <laughs> hey, James, you're, I think I'm muted moment but you're still are you there oh john we forgot to talk <laughs> you're still a junkie game <laughs> you know what's funny is like mm-hmm. we can we hear every seventh word you're saying but i already know what you're saying it feels like wayne ordering stan makita donuts uh i, I <laughs> rulers Parker ox and a makita cop and then I think I would like a, a large with team. Jamie, what are you ordering? I I don't know what to say. <laughs> That's probably best. <laughs> Am I sounding okay now, though? You, yeah, I, you're good. You, I, I mean, aside from I, my I, typical I, uh, terrible uh, voice. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, you're set, man. Yeah. Good. I just wrapped the promo for the episode. Where... <laughs> We're releasing tomorrow. There's a uh, a segment of us where we're like, "Hey, uh, Eric, can you hang on a second? We, we got an issue we're trying to resolve." He's like, "Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no problem." And your audio sounds fucking great on it, Jamie, and mine does not. And it's because uh, <laughs> the goddamn spider thing happened, and I was in the wrong position afterwards. <laughs> uh, you got all and I was around. sitting like. Yeah. 18 inches away from the microphone. <laughs> and then there's like 10 seconds of silence. And then Jamie's like, I don't want to fuck it up. I was like, no, I'll grab a 15 pound weight. Well, no, just kill it. No, just make sure it dies. And he's probably sitting there like, what the fuck's happening? And we're like, right. oh, there's a spider uh, situation going on here. <laughs> How big was the spider? It was a gerbil. How big is your fear of spiders? We're both pretty scared of spiders. Okay, so... I'd say the ratio is... It was a gerbil. <laughs> one to one. But you could hear this thing breathing. Jamie, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this thing was... Like, Eric was talking to us, and I looked at John, and right. I was like, dude, fucking... And John, like, he, like, nonchalantly turns around, like, what is it? And he's like, oh, what fuck? That's gotta go. <laughs> That's gotta go. <laughs> Jamie, do you remember when we were driving to... Uh, we could, both of us could not stop looking at it. Do you remember when we were driving to Chicago <sighs> for Ride Fest and you saw on the turn signal that fucking barbecue sauce on the rental car? <laughs> oh, or like ketchup or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you, you uh, 
like we were listening to music so loud and then you you tapped me on the shoulder and you were like pointing at the the turn signal and then i looked over and i was like oh i felt the same thing at that moment (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i forgot all about that you know what's gonna be weird is the car rental industry after Mm, all this yeah hertz has filed for bankruptcy already yeah they were hurting Welcome to Bitch Watch. Hi, I'm Sly. I'm Witsy. And we're two bitches watching TV. We're a recap and shit talk show. That's right. We watch hours and hours and hours of TV, so you don't have to. You can listen and laugh along with us everywhere you listen to podcasts and find us on Instagram and Twitter at BitchWatchPod. Is our show original? No. Entertaining? We hope so. This is Bitch Watch. Hey guys, I'm Darcy, founder of Spirit. And I'm Kelly, the chief technical officer of Spirit. Back in 2011, we formed the Supernatural Paranormal Investigations and Research Institute, searching for answers to mysterious things that were happening in our little corner of Canada. And we haven't stopped searching for those answers ever since. Join us on our podcast, Canadian Spirit, as we dive into all of Canada's most famous and forgotten paranormal mysteries. Examine the evidence and try to figure out what might be behind Canada's ghosts, cryptids, and UFO encounters. In Canadian spirit, you'll get a peek behind the curtain and see for yourself what being a paranormal investigator is really like and learn something about Canadian history, which isn't as boring as it sounds. Even if it is, we're a pair of chuckle fucks, so we'll do our best to make it entertaining. So come along for the ride and discover for yourself what makes the land of maple and hockey so wonderfully weird. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, you know, wherever you find your podcasts. And remember, raccoons are aliens, werewolves are perverts, and ghosts are just downright rude sometimes. Well, you live a street away or... We, we used to. Yeah. Now we we're did. like uh, 15 minutes. But yeah. like with mm. kids and shit, it must well be like an hour. I know. I know that feeling. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We went from seeing each other like every day of the week to four days a week to like one day a week. Oh, that's awesome. You know, it used to be like if we went three days without seeing each other, it was like, hey, how you been, buddy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Missed you. Speaking of bromance, um, I'm joined today by uh, Horror Dads, and we are going to talk about Nightmare on Elm Street 2, and uh, conveniently, uh, Scream Queen, the documentary on Mark Patton's legacy playing Jesse and uh, pre and post Nightmare 2. It's a it's a very interesting, um, very interesting one to say the least. What some might say subtext, but it's quite just text. It's right in front of you, the entirety of the movie. And uh, I, I personally have always been a fan of Nightmare Two, and I don't think that it takes away from it. I think it only heightens the personal horror, the personal nightmare that is uh, affecting Jesse, the character, uh, which in turn actually is Mark Patton's almost own true nightmare coming to fruition what era the movie is produced in and how it reflects that in the movie. You know, the aftermath of Nightmare 2 coming out and fans not accepting it as a nightmare movie. Mind you, this is the only, this is the second one 
of the series. Like, Freddy hasn't been truly established yet. A franchise is only being suggested at this point. But um, people rejected it as saying, oh, it's not true to the original. And, of course, the critical uh, approach to his sexuality uh, in the films. Looking back, I, I actually don't think that this is a really bad movie. Um, but I think the times weren't ready for it, and they weren't ready for a male scream queen. And uh, Freddy was definitely the tormentor for the society. And I think that Jesse is represents not just himself, but an entire society of people affected by the nightmare of uh, the AIDS epidemic of the 80s and the perception of that. And the ignorance and the miseducation and playing with identity issues and anxieties and et cetera, just all the above. But watching it, it feels real as opposed to Freddie being a myth that exists within a dream world affecting children of parents who killed him years ago. So it, it goes from being this kind of overarching you know, monster movie to a very personally attacked teen who even just on the surface to relate to it, it's bullying culture. And Freddie is the ultimate bully. That's my rant about <laughs> kind of tying in Scream Queen, how it had an effect on that, but also my my personal thoughts on Nightmare 2. First and foremost, we did record the the watch through portion of this episode prior to this wonderful documentary being uh, posted to Shutter, So it was very relevant and topical, I guess, the timeline in which it happened, because that was only you know, a few days ago that it came on. So it's, it's cool that that happened. This has been probably my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street film. And it was before a time in which I was even capable of reading the text or subtext or any component of that really. And uh, I just love the film for what it was. And more so now as an adult, as a person, as a parent, like I, I truly value what the film represents. And the documentary is just, it's fucking amazing. It's really, really, really good. It's emotional. It's, uh, it's powerful. It, it's, it, I guess, nice to have this uh, piece of film history as a reference point for us. So I had seen it, you know, bits and pieces as a kid or growing up, but just recently within the past maybe five or six years, I started watching it. I think it was on Netflix. It was like the only nightmare film on Netflix or streaming there for a while. So I would watch it over and over. And this was kind of before I even really knew the content, the, uh, you know, the homosexual undertones. I, I just kind of watched it without thinking about any of that. And then once you kind of, uh, like, you know, once you kind of come to grasp with all of that, you kind of think like, you know, he's being tormented that entire film, not only by Freddie, but Freddie kind of plays like the side of him that he doesn't want to reveal or that he's shamed, ashamed of, you know, and uh, watching it now, you're like, holy shit, man. They kind of yeah, nailed it's it on super, that. It's powerful. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah. But the the context of the the documentary is so it's layered. Yeah, I have so not much seen that yet. Yes. Yeah. yeah, dude, you got to check it out because the, the the guy that wrote the film, uh, David Chaskin, like Mark Patton, for years and years and years and years and years and years and years has been resenting basically David's existence because David wrote 
this very homoerotic script and then denied all implications of such after the release of the film because it was during you know the AIDS epidemic and all this shit was mm-hmm. happening. And he was like, no, no, it's just a horror movie. Uh, I didn't write that he should you know, scream like a woman. I didn't write this. I didn't write that. And it was like, come on, dude. Look, let's just own up here, bud. So he uh, wasn't very honorable about his, uh, but the, the, the narrative and the flow of this documentary is very, very, uh, it's insightful and it's interesting and it has like a beginning, a middle and an end. And it's, it's super well done. And so for who, whoever has not seen it, uh, it's definitely, definitely worth a watch i i'm a big fan of horror documentaries but i'm a, I'm a bigger fan about movies with massive um research value you find facts that are not necessarily attention to detail oriented but they really really reflect the implications that were inferred on potentially the cast the story would it be would it be played differently if jesse was a girl um in the, doing the exact same situations uh, would the, would the fans have appreciated more if it was female, not male, you know, like you said, David Chaskin, like he didn't own up to a lot of what he honestly wrote in there. Um, it was easier for him to say, it's not a gay movie. It's a homophobic movie. It was Mark Patton who was gay that made it gay. Yeah, that's the case. Yeah, and yeah. The, the case that he, he presents, not the case that you know, that we feel. But it was also fascinating to see during that documentary the, the amount of people that were interviewed at like the conventions and stuff that were like, Yeah. No, I don't want to meet that fucking guy. And it, that, that for me is inexcusable yeah. because for people to go to a convention and be like, No, I don't want to meet that guy because of X, Y, or Z. It's like, at that, that point, fuck off. Exactly. No, like you shouldn't even be at this convention, yeah. especially with all that's going on in the world right now. You know, it's just, it's intolerable. Mark Patton's character, you know, Jesse and this, he's made over the past couple years now, a pretty concerted effort to kind of like tell his narrative of his experience with the story. And there's no secret to the fact now at this day and age that um, there's like a lot of homoerotic undertone to this film. You're asking about our favorite uh, scream Queens. And I picked him as, as one of them. Uh, because that's what he wanted to be. This was like his coming out opportunity and his narrative now after the fact is that he was like pretty misled to have that opportunity to do that. And the performance was what it was. And then like after it hit mainstream, there was a bunch of reverse denial that was going on. Like, no, 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 this is just like a slasher flick. There's like no homoerotic undertone. We don't know what you're talking about. And from what we're seeing now, that was not obviously the case. That element to it is is very interesting. It's not because of that. This is probably my favorite nightmare film, and it's it's my favorite nightmare film because of like a zillion other reasons. But knowing that as well after the fact, it's it's cool. So I just I don't know. I love this film. I hope everyone enjoys this. Um, we we will do it as a watch along, so you'll be able to hit play and follow along with us. Um, I might I recommend uh, you find the highest percentage of beer possible and consume that quickly and you will follow 10. me 2, right? you will follow me 10.2 you will follow me right through to the very end where 10. when one eye shuts down the mouth turns to sawdust 
and you're stumbling over your words saying, Hey, I ordered some horror t-shirts. Let me tell you about them, and you can't remember them. That's me. <laughs> I remember them now. Well, we had a great time. Yep. And yeah, man. Thanks for having us. Next, next watch. Yes, most certainly. Thanks, guys.